Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. news with resistance chicks we are your hosts leah and michelle i'm so glad that you're here so this week actually just yesterday donald trump came out and what we all knew he felt inside as an action hero in nft we're going to explain these non-fungible tokens it was to you supposed to be the biggest it was people were speculating that he was going to choose his running mate i'm like that doesn't happen until like much later guys but still the speculation was high everyone was really excited and there was a little bit of a letdown with these nfts yeah. then it was it overshadowed the fact that he did make a very significant uh free speech announcement but we're going to talk about all of that we've got our very dear friend, uh, attorney Thomas Wren's not with us on the show, but he is fighting with Kerry Lake on election fraud. So we're going to talk about that. We've got a clip from Tucker Carlson on that. And we've got a lot more. We've got a Biden flub because it wouldn't be headline news with resistance chicks without that. Talking to people in Africa, of course, embarrassing America. We've got so much more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You know, Tom Renz is actually a very good friend of ours and I love him so much. I was really impressed with uh, the stance that he's taking with what's going on in Arizona and Carrie Lake. So this is a fight that's not over yet. Yeah, so Carrie Lake, she was denied. I, I do believe she won. I oh, do believe 100%. the Republicans run, especially actually Abe, uh, I forget his last name, he was running as attorney general, uh, supposedly lost by 500 votes. So when you add up all the people who were turned away because the machines weren't working, um, they were machines that didn't have toner in them. What about box there were, three? There were line. There was box three because the machines weren't working. There were lines, hours long lines. Um, Arizona. It, 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 I love the Arizona Republicans and how they are fighting really hard because they know that they're up against a deep state within the Republican party. The, Arizona is the John McCain Republicans. Exactly. So these are Republicans in name only. Establishment. H horrible rhinos. Uh, they they run as Republicans and they pretend to be pro-life, but they really just work as the, you know, the counterbalance for the Democrats to get the progressive agendas through. Exactly. And so with John McCain gone, 
the Arizonans themselves are actually very conservative. They're still fighting the ghosts of John McCain. It's kind of like a curse. We just need to go and exactly. have an exorcism in Arizona. Well, well, here's the thing. This is what what we're seeing on at Ground Zero in Arizona is the what it takes to mm, take over the really Republican good. Party. Because that's what's happening when and to have the will of the people. Do you remember in 2020 when Arizona had like that 26 mile long Trump train like yes. of cars? OK. And everybody thought for sure that Arizona would go for Trump. Right. Well, it did. OK, it did. Uh, Arizona has a Republican um, governor, has a Republican um, majority in the Senate and in the House. And so it's it. The, the, a lot of the mainstream media uh, wants to tell us that these are independents who are voting Republican mm -hmm. and they don't like anybody who's far right. No, actually, the Republicans that supposedly are in charge of the Maricopa County elections put together a pact to, uns to, to make sure that Carrie Lake didn't win. So what kind of Republican wants to make sure a Republican doesn't win? Well, Ms. McConnell. Mitch McConnell. All right. So I want to uh, roll together. Let's roll um, Tom Wren's video first. I don't know if he's actually working with Carrie Lake, but he's exposing but it. But Carrie Lake's retweeted his this video like five times. I love it. All right. Let's roll Tom here. Most credible case, in my opinion, that's ever been filed on an election suit. Can you imagine an elected official interfering with an election? You don't hide things unless you've got something to hide. Election liars are working really hard in Arizona right now. 59% of the machines in Maricopa County went down on election day. 59%. That didn't happen anywhere else in the state. The guy running those machines, the county recorder, had a pack that was working to make sure that Carrie Lake couldn't get elected. Coincidence? I think there should be an investigation. And guess what? He should welcome that investigation of everything. He should welcome that to disprove us crazy election deniers, right? The person he was supporting, Katie Hobbs, abused her power as Secretary of State to ensure that Carrie Lake would be censored by social media. She should have recused herself. Do you know what else she did? Other counties in the, the great state of Arizona were saying, no, we don't want to certify this. She threatened to arrest the officials. She doesn't have the authority to do that, but she did it anyways. Why? Because she's a crook. We had a civil rights movement where we fought to ensure that every vote would count and that everybody would have a vote. We need to make sure that that's still happening. We have to fight for freedom. We have to fight for justice. We have to fight for fair elections. The court's got to give it serious, serious consideration. They've got to support this. The people got to support this. We've got to get this out. We really need to make sure people know what's going on. You know, the point that Tom just made there about Katie Hobbs recusing herself. This is how this works. Yeah. Okay. If you are secretary of state, which means you're in charge of the elections in your state, and you would like to run for another office, then you recuse yourself from running the elections in that season. Yeah. That's how that works. Right. I'm sorry, I can't do this. There are other people that can step up, that they can put in these positions. Right. That would be the correct thing to do. And in my opinion, I think it should be law in every state that that, sh that, that should take place. You cannot have the fox guarding the hen house. Yeah, so Jenna Ellis wrote this article uh, on, on the election uh, lawsuit that actually is going to be heard. We're going to actually have a trial. The fact that a judge has ordered a two-day trial in Arizona's uh, gubernat uh, governor, gubernatorial know, it's such candidate at Carrie Lake's election lawsuit is a win for election integrity efforts, said Jenna Ellis, former senior advisor. Uh, the hearing to determine whether there was enough evidence to warrant a trial took place Tuesday. 
uh, actually uh, before Maricopa County uh, ju- uh, uh, Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson. I think this is a great step forward and that this judge is taking the petition from Carrie Lake very seriously and said that there is sufficient evidence here, Ellis said, regardless of whether or not that's exactly enough time or the judge ultimately ends up extending that time frame. If there needs to be more presentation of evidence or additional arguments, two days, in my view, is at least a huge threshold victory. Um, And so there's a 70-page lawsuit. I want to go ahead and run this next clip here because Kari Lake explains this to Tucker Carlson. According to official tallies, Carrie Lake lost her bid to become the next Arizona governor by just over 17,000 votes. That's a tiny margin in a big state. Now Lake is suing the state's election officials. She says many ballots were not properly counted. She also says her opponent, then Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, worked illegally with big tech to silence voters online. And for the record, that appears to be true. Lake is also citing widespread printer failures in Maricopa County, also true. She says they prevented people from voting. Maricopa County claimed they didn't stop anyone from voting, but has not responded further. We reached out to Kitty Hobbs's office and got no reply at all. Carrie Lake joins us tonight. Carrie Lake, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so Maricopa County, is, as far as I understand it, does not deny that a huge number of printers didn't work on Election Day, but they're saying it had no effect? Well, and it, it had a huge effect, obviously, Tucker. Our, our voters were showing up on Election Day. That was no secret. And the minute the polls opened, the wheels fell off. The uh, ballot printers weren't working. There wasn't enough toner in the printers. The tabulators weren't working. It became a debacle. And the lines started forming right away. Some of the lines, three hours, four hours, five hours. And there's video of people walking out of line. People told us, and this is in our lawsuit, that they showed up. They couldn't even find parking because the Parking lots were full and the lines were long and many people didn't even get to vote. And those who did vote when they went up to, uh, you know, get the printer out, the printer didn't have toner in it. So the uh, the ballots weren't dark enough. And our voters were showing up and voting three to one to uh, on for me on Election Day. We vote for a full month in Arizona with early ballots. And on Election Day, when the Republicans showed up, the election day voting was sabotaged. And that's what our case is going to prove. It's a 70 page lawsuit that reads like a real crime novel. And it's shocking what they did. The man who runs Maricopa County elections ran a pack. He actually started a pack raising thousands of dollars to defeat me. And he's running our elections. And then my opponent oversees all the elections in Arizona. It was a conflict of interest, and not only was Katie Hobbs working with big tech to censor people, the man who runs Maricopa County elections, they were also censoring people as well online. I don't, I don't think anyone d- denies that a lot of the voting m- machinery didn't work on Election Day. I mean, I don't think that's a controversial point that you're making an observation, but weren't they tested all the day before? They are supposed to be tested, but they they weren't tested. They weren't tested in the appropriate way. And they didn't have the basics like toner in these machines. I mean, this is real basic stuff. It's not like we don't know when Election Day is. We can figure out when Election Day is from here to eternity. And they were not prepared. And we're, we will have uh, an expert testifying that this could not have happened by accident. There had to be malicious intent. We have an excellent court case. And we had our first hearing yesterday and set up a time for our trial to begin. 
and it will be next Tuesday. And we will be presenting a lot of evidence. We have four whistleblowers, one that worked for a company called Runback, who said there were 300,000 ballots inserted into the uh, into the system that had no chain of custody. Others who were in the voter um, uh, signature verification department said tens of thousands of ballots were rejected because there were no signatures or scribbles, and they somehow got thrown in and counted anyways. There are a plethora of problems that went down in Maricopa County. And if somebody doesn't stand up and say, we can't have our elections being run this way, then we'll never have another fair election. I mean, 60 percent of the polling places on election day were inoperational or non-functioning. When do we stop and say enough is enough? Would it have to get to 80 percent, 90 percent, 100 percent? When do we say we need to have our elections run fair? I completely agree with you. And if you care about democracy, this would be the top of your list. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. Carrie Lake, right. thank you for telling us about it tonight. Good to see you. Thanks, Tucker. You know, this entire thing is going to, I believe, blow the lid off of what they have been doing I sure in hope Arizona. So. Absolutely. I think it's going to come to the surface. She said that their, um, their thing, what is it called? Reads like a crime novel. Yeah, right? their case. Thank you. Their case. Well, it's, their it's petition. Called, thank you. It reads like a crime novel. And so you can't hide the smoking gun any longer. No, you can't. And I'm really... God has kind of moved in Arizona because these, we got to interview Wendy Rogers. These patriots are tenacious. They're smart. And the, the, the deep state has really worked hard to try to steal these elections because they knew and they know that if Carrie Lake is governor, then it unravels everything. She will, she will discover everything. And it Just brings like the Elon Musk has down. discovered things at Twitter. Exactly. It's going to be another one of those. All right. So how many of you were waiting for Donald Trump's big announcement? Yeah. Okay. And then I saw the trading cards <laughs> and I was like, please, God, let that not be the announcement. Okay. Uh, there actually was a bigger announcement, and I'm going to actually dedicate a large chunk of our show. Uh, this is a, it's like an over six-minute clip for you to hear from Donald Trump his free speech policy proposals that really should be implemented, that we needed to implement uh, years ago. And I want to go ahead and roll this clip from Donald Trump, and we'll talk about the trading cards when we come back from the break. But um, you guys need to hear uh, Donald Trump come out hard for free speech. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this, cl this clip. If we don't have free speech, then we just don't have a free country. It's as simple as that. If this most fundamental right is allowed to perish, then the rest of our rights and liberties will topple, just like dominoes, one by one. They'll go down. That's why today I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And reclaim is a very important word in this case, because they've taken it away. In recent weeks, bombshell reports have confirmed that a sinister group of deep state bureaucrats, Silicon Valley tyrants, left-wing activists, and depraved corporate news media have been conspiring to manipulate and silence the American people. They have collaborated to suppress vital information on everything from elections to public health. The censorship cartel must be dismantled and destroyed, and it must happen immediately. And here is my plan. First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order 
banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis- or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, the DOJ, no matter who they are. Second, I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law, and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory, and constitutional offenses. To assist in these efforts, I am urging House Republicans to immediately send preservation letters — and we have to do this right now — to the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, and every Silicon Valley tech giant, ordering them not to destroy evidence of censorship. Third, upon my inauguration as President, I will ask Congress to send a bill to my desk revising Section 230 to get big online platforms out of censorship business. From now on, digital platforms should only qualify for immunity protection under Section 230 if they meet high standards of neutrality, transparency, fairness, and non-discrimination. We should require these platforms to increase their efforts to take down unlawful content such as child exploitation and promoting terrorism while dramatically curtailing their power to arbitrarily restrict lawful speech. Fourth, we need to break up the entire toxic censorship industry that has arisen under the false guise of tackling so-called myths and disinformation. The federal government should immediately stop funding all nonprofits and academic programs that support this authoritarian project. If any U.S. university is discovered to have engaged in censorship activities or election interferences in the past, such as flagging social media content for removal of blacklisting, those universities should lose federal research dollars and federal student loan support for a period of five years and maybe more. We should also enact new laws laying out clear criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to do an end run around the Constitution and deprive Americans of their First, Fourth, and Fifth Amendment rights. In other words, deprive them of their vote. And once you lose those elections, and once you lose your borders like we have, you no longer have a country. Furthermore, to confront the problems of major platforms being infiltrated by legions of former deep staters and intelligence officials, there should be a seven-year calling-off period before any employee of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DNI, DHS, or DOD is allowed to take a job at a company possessing vast quantities of U.S. user data. 
Fifth, the time has finally come for Congress to pass a digital Bill of Rights. This should include a right to digital due process. In other words, government officials should need a court order to take down online content, not send information requests such as the FBI was sending to Twitter. Furthermore, when users of big online platforms have their content or accounts removed, throttled, shadow banned, or otherwise restricted, no matter what name they use, they should have the right to be informed that it's happening, the right to a specific explanation of the reason why, and the right to a timely appeal. In addition, all users over the age of 18 should have the right to opt out of content moderation and curation entirely and receive an unmanipulated stream of information if they so choose. The fight for free speech is a matter of victory or death for America and for the survival of Western civilization itself. When I am president, this whole rotten system of censorship and information control will be ripped out of the system at large. There won't be anything left. By restoring free speech, we'll begin to reclaim our democracy and save our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. I know you guys are thinking the same thing that I am, and that is Trump. All of that would have been so great to do while you were still president. Um, but sometimes we have to learn the hard way. And I think that Trump has learned the hard way. You do not play footsie with these people. You don't play nice. You don't give them any grace and you don't pull any punches. What I love so much, I want to break down a little bit of what he was talking about because there was a lot there that yeah, he wants so, to do. Yeah, uh, so Donald Trump Jr., uh, uh, retweeted out the highlights here. So ban federal agencies from colluding to censor American citizens. And we see that that's what happened with Twitter. Yeah. And we know that's what's happening with Facebook. And we know that many people have had their social media taken down because somebody, some guy was just put back on uh, Twitter because California government took went to Twitter and said, uh, we want this guy taken down and they took him down. And that leads into the next one, which is banning taxpayer dollars from being used to label speech as mis or disinformation. And you think to yourself, isn't well, that, shouldn't Psaki, that already be a thing? Jen Psaki is actually being deposed right now because of her role in censoring uh, COVID misinformation. And how many people died because of that? Exactly. Uh, fire every federal bureaucrat who is engaged in domestic censorship. Uh, I'd love for you to do that. I don't know if anybody would be around still after that. Immediately send preservation letters to Biden administration and big tech giants. Uh, order the DOJ to investigate all parties involved in online uh, censorship and prosecute any and all crimes identified. Now, what I love this next one is revising Section 230 instead of getting rid of it to mm -hmm. drastically curtail the big platform's power to restrict lawful speech. I like that. Yeah, stop federal funding of all nonprofits and academic programs engaged in censorship. So, no, we're, we're not. We're seriously not going to fund any colleges anymore. <laughs> and then it says suspending federal dollars to any university that has engaged in censorship support activities. Enact criminal pen penalties for government bureaucrats who partner with private entities to violate your constitutional rights. So what? It, literally, this is the government restricting itself. So like this is would be rules and legislations of the FBI is is seen to be censoring people and then imposing a seven year cooling off period before former Intel and national security officials can work at big tech platforms. And I love what he said there because you have access to this 
a massive database of information. Well, we just saw uh, last week, Jim Baker was the lead counsel of the FBI yeah. who went and ran, and ran uh, Twitter's rollout of the Twitter files. <laughs> Again, with the fox guarding the hen house. And then lastly, passing a digital bill of rights. I think this is the most important. Absolutely. Out of everything, we we have a bill of rights. I, I think there should be a constitutional amendment for digital bill of rights. No, I absolutely agree with that. And I'm excited about this. And I wish he had done it while he was still in office, but he didn't. And that's okay. There's a lot of grace here. Better late than never. But, uh, you know, this amazing speech was curtailed by the rollout of Trump's NFT super action hero um cards there. So we're going to break that down when we come back right after these messages. I love you guys. I'm so glad that you're here. Do not go anywhere because you're not going to want to miss what's on the other side Trump of this superhero break. trading cards. So I was checking out the Brighton store yeah. a little bit ago and I am shocked to see that they still have Ranger buckets in stock. Oh. No, they're $135 off right now. So I want to encourage you guys to go to the Brighton store, brighteonstore.com and use promo code chicks. Save yourself 5%. And save 5% and you're supporting guys. This that us being here right now costs a lot of money. Yeah. And so supporting Mike Adams, supporting the Brighteon store, supporting Brighteon TV And getting is products that huge. you need and can use and are really good for your body. I mean, like, yeah. take your McDonald's budget and go buy some oh, come uh, on and better, better B vitamins. and. But forget the McDonald's. You know? Like, you know, they're threatening nuclear war. Nascent iodine, it's on sale right now. I, Lee and I take it every single day, the yeah. nascent iodine. They have so many We're things in the there. belt, baby. We got to take that iodine. They have D3 with K2. You don't get K2 Ooh. anywhere else other than like the rapid eating of grass when when cows are eating that and then you drink right. the milk. Like that, you really need that vitamin. A lot of people are deficient in K2. Yeah. And it's a very special thing. So I want to encourage you guys, brighteonstore.com, promo code CHICKS, support And when you do, network. you're telling Mike Adams, I really like the resistance chicks. Exactly. Let them know the yep. resistance chicks are awesome. And we All love right. You guys. Well, you can also tell your friends that you really like Donald Trump, but you can't now because those NFT babies were sold, sold out. Like out. People made fun of him. People laughed at him. <laughs> Even I was like, cringe, cringe, cringe. It was, but cringy. you know what I didn't do? I didn't watch the video. I didn't watch that. It was actually a fundraiser. Uh, a fundraiser and you were gonna get. You're gonna get put into a drawing to have dinner with Trump, a lot of prizes. What a great way, honestly. I mean, you could, he could just go and straight up ask for money, s send me money. Or he could say, hey, let's do this fun thing. Or he could say $99 and you can be put in a drawing or you could have something cool. So I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this clip and then you're gonna hear Steve Bannon's take on it. He, he didn't like it, but I wanna hear what you guys have to think. Hello everyone, this is Donald Trump Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one -on -one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. 
My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now and remember Christmas is coming and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. All right, so here's the deal. I, I'm still laughing yeah. inside. Yeah. Okay, I'm still laughing because he said that these cards kind of reflected his life. I did not I didn't know, know he, he was went in the space. Is astronaut Trump? I didn't know. Okay. Um, then I think there was a cowboy one that did not get shown there. The riding on the big blue elephant. I've never seen an elephant that big or blue or blue. Um, so I'm not really sure how much it reflects Trump uh, in his life. However, um, it's it was it's an excellent fundraiser. You know, we're going to play Steve Bannon's opinion on it, but I want to give you mine. I actually my, don't think I have that one. OK, that's fine. If we don't have it, that's OK. Yep. Uh, then that's fine. More room, more time for my opinion. My opinion is you got to raise funds to run for president. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with this and I'm not even an NFT person. I don't like them at all. Um, but I don't have a problem with this as a fundraiser. I can see how some people are saying this cheapens Donald Trump a little bit. That's kind of what they're saying. Here's the thing. It, I don't this think... isn't for you. <laughs> it's for everybody on True Social. Ah! 45,000 ah! people pick those babies up in less than 24 hours. I'm telling you at $99, they funded, they had a fundraiser. So Leah, let me, let me ask you this. And this is a serious question. Does Trump doing this harm his candidacy in any way whatsoever? No. Exactly. No, and, and that's the point. Here's the if, thing. I believe people, some people would have bought them if they were just the NFTs. But what they did was they, they kept hearing, if, if you watched it. Yeah. I was like, dude, you could, if you wanted to meet the president, this is a good chance out of one out of $45,000. Like one out of 45000 it's it's a lot better than a lottery. It is. A million people buy lottery tickets. 45000 hey, is a good chance so you could get something, get a exactly. prize, get a signed hat, shirt. I'm sure they were giving, a lot, giving away a lot of things. Um, and so, unfortunately, it was a teaser for the free speech policy thing. <laughs> um, and so the free speech policy thing was really important. It's really needed right now. And it was a uh, kind of to, to hit back at DeSantis, who DeSantis is doing some some really great stuff right now. Mm -hmm. So DeSantis says that he is going to hold vaccine manufacturers accountable for vaccine injuries. That's massive. So what I actually like the whole Trump DeSantis thing going on now because you got to one up yeah, each other and you got to play to both the DeSantis type people. You got to play to the Trump people. DeSantis has to play to the Trump people. Trump, you know, and so I think that this is a really great uh, balance here. No, I did too. And I'm like I said earlier, though, I, I wish that Trump had come out with the free speech while he was still in office. We wouldn't yeah. be where we're at right now if he had. I truly no, believe that that's, no. you know, the case. And so it sounds like Trump's getting his ducks in a row. 
coming out heavy and hard because the left, when they run for office, they just give away free things. Yeah. Trump's talking about enshrining free speech, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, so there's actually Twitter files part six. Jeez, they're really running yes, through Yes, the FBI's constant contact with Twitter. Okay, so putting this in perspective with Donald Trump, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, this is what I, this is what I can't stand about the, um, if you guys are not on Twitter, the people that are left are those who actually are on the fence. They didn't fight for election integrity. If they see something, they might say something. Uh, they don't want you and I back on Twitter to, 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 to say the things that need to be said. They don't, they want Trump to just go away. You know who's back on Twitter? Who? Mike Lindell. No. I kid you not. I got an email just before we went live. Well, so um, there's a lot of people that I think they did. Oh, it was, it's Freedom Fridays. <laughs> no way. I didn't yes. hear about this. Yeah. So Freedom Fridays it's, <laughs> and, and he's rolling them out, slow rolling them. It's really fun. Exactly. So and there's, it'll be exciting. Yes. Yeah, so Steve Kirsch is back today. Nice. So I wonder if they're, I wonder if uh, Dr. Syed's back today. I don't oh, know. That would be so so great. What, they, what, what they're doing, I think, honestly, is they're taking the largest accounts mm -hmm. and they're doing those first and they're getting down to the little ones and, and I'm going to be last. You'll get a if Freedom I'm, Friday. If, if I'm back. You'll get a Freedom Friday. Yeah, in two years or so. All right. So this is a breaking story. Uh, 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 Elon Musk's Twitter fly, files part six was released today. Uh, here is the thread and we're going to kind of go through a little bit of this. Donald Trump made horrible decisions because he went into uh, in hiring decisions yes. because he went in and he actually uh, used people that he tr he thought he trusted. He thought he knew um, his daughter and his son-in-law who thought that they knew people who rubbed shoulders with the elite. They hired in. They had Mad Dog Mattis, General uh, uh, Miley, Kelly, uh, McMaster. All these people were working behind Trump's back. Even Bill Barr and now Pompeo, who thinks he's going to run for president against the president. Okay. So all of these people that Trump picked. Now, I don't know, honestly, you guys pray for Trump because if he was to be or is to be the nominee in 2024, he has to have some sort of radical change in how he picks people. I want to see him come out and say, listen, if you pick me, I promise not to put Jared and Ivanka in charge of anything. Yeah, he's got to put somebody in charge of the hiring and the firing that would be like rock solid. Mike Lindell. <laughs> there you go. All right, so the Twitter files are revealing more every day about how the government collects, analyzes, and flags your social media content. Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive as if it were a subsidiary. What does that mean? That the FBI was using Twitter as its own, own arm. Its own arm, its own organization. So between January 2020 and November 2022, there were over 150 emails between the FBI and the former Twitter trust and safety chief, Yaval Roth. Now, side note, y'all don't need to know this. Y'all Roth had a, a secret Twitter account where he posted pictures of himself and random gay hookups. And he talked about pe pedophilia. He did. Yeah, he wanted he wanted kids on this like homosexual site. That's a dating site, like Grinder, I think. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm glad I don't. All right, so uh, 
<laughs> so, uh, Mike, Mike Adams would too. I love Mike Adams has to go down that road. Some are mundane, like San Francisco agent Elvis Chan wishing Roth a happy new year, along with a reminder to attend our quarterly call next week. Others are requests for information into Twitter users related to act investigations, but a surprisingly high number are requests by the FBI for Twitter to take action on election misinformation, even involving joke tweets from low follower accounts. Why? Is the FBI going after, you know, Joe Schmo with like a little MAGA hat with 100 followers with election misinformation? And how are they finding them? Wow. Okay. Why? They don't do that. What kind? A taxpayer dollars cannot be paying your salary. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Rand Paul going to have something to say about this. The F And I do have a clip in our, our second half of our show with Rand Paul talking about the big bloated bill. Big bloated bill. Yep. You try. The big bloated bill. <laughs> the FBI's social media focused task force known as the the FTIF <laughs> created in the wake of the 2016 election swelled to 80 agents and corresponded with Twitter to identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. Federal intelligence and law enforcement reached into Twitter included uh, federal intelligence law enforcement reach into Twitter included the Department of Homeland Security, which partnered with security contractors and think tanks to pressure Twitter to moderate content. It's no secret. The uh, government an an analyzes bulk data for all sorts of purposes, everything from tracking terror suspects to making economic forecasts. You know, they're supposed to do that. The Twitter files show something new. Agencies like the FBI and the DHS regularly sending social media content to Twitter through multiple entry points pre-flagged for moderation. What stands out is the sheer quantity of reports from the government. Some are aggregated from public hotlines. Here's one from uh, the FBI, uh, El Paso. Election day protocol for FBI uh, headquarters is to stand up a national election campaign post, which provides a centralized location for assessing election-related threats. I love this. They never seem to find any, do they? Uh, an unanswered question is, do agencies like the FBI and the DHS do in-house flagging work themselves or do they farm it out? You have to prove to me that inside the blanking government, you can do any kind of massive data or AI search, says one former intelligence officer. Hello, Twitter contacts. The master canine quality of the FBI's relationship with Twitter comes through in this November 22 uh, email in which the FBI San Francisco is notifying you it wants action on four accounts. Hello, wow. Twitter. Twitter personnel in that case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts, including uh, one of these um, uh, from Ma. This is a, uh, uh, I guess they're back, uh, uh, just a regular old uh, Joe here, whose tweets are almost all jokes, including his civic misinformation on November 8th. Just to show the FBI can be hyper intrusive in both directions, they also asked Twitter to review a blue leaning account for a different joke, except here it was even more obvious that this user uh, who kids a lot was just kidding. Anyone who cannot discern obvious satire from reality has no place making decisions for others or working for the feds. Uh, they no, 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 no. Pause right there because they knew exactly what right. they were doing. Right. It wasn't that they couldn't distinguish between actual humor. They knew what they were doing. And again, this boils down to these three letter agencies using Twitter as, as their own arm. Yeah. That's not how this works. The government should never be telling any kind of, and, and again, going back to Trump's announcement. 
I love what he said, not only that we they wouldn't be able to use taxpayer dollars for this, but essentially you're not going to be able to just do this blanket anymore. You're going to have to give a reason. People are going to have to know why and have a speedy appeal. So actually, and, and we'll probably go through a little bit more of this. We have some time in the second half of our show. If you guys want to join us at resistancechicks.com. It's very interesting here. The FBI flagging all these accounts. They're flagging you. They're flagging me. You know, uh, they, there's a long list that that was sent to um, actually the San Francisco field office had a long list of accounts that may warrant additional action. You know, when you're when you're looking at this, Elon Musk is actually working with users mm -hmm. to come up with a way to go through accounts just don't get suspended. Right. You actually should know, like if somebody's account is suspended, it will say for how long and what they did. And it will show the 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 wrong tweet like so you, how are you supposed to learn they don't want you to learn they just want you gone mm -hmm. okay so we're going to go over this later because i actually have an interesting video for you guys here on on our writing on segment transhumanism i know this is a big topic um you've got that one guy you've all um what's Noah harari yeah and he goes around talking about how we're all going to be plugged into computers and even elon musk wants to, us to kind of be interfaced and i'm like no jack that's why i don't trust you no way but i came across this video and it is actually a um a vision of these crazy satanic people mm. who want an artificial womb factory it's not it's not real it's not here today but scientists say it could be. The video looks like science fiction, but experts in the field tells us it's not such a leap after all. I want to roll this clip and hear what you guys have to say in the comments. You guys can email me. Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. The pods are equipped with a screen that displays real-time data on the developmental progress of your baby. These data are sent directly to your phone so you can track your baby's health from the comfort of your zone. 
The app also provides you with a high-resolution live view of your baby's development. A special section in the app allows you to watch a time-lapse of your baby's growth and share it directly with your loved ones. So this is where they want to go. I do not believe, and I'm calling it right now, it's never going to get there. Because what you have when it comes to, do you know that when you're breastfeeding a, a baby, your body is having some sort of communication with that child and can sense what it needs. And then your body produces that for the baby. That kind of thing cannot be replicated in a womb. And what I mean by that is when you are growing a child inside of your body, that same process is happening. What does this child need? That cannot be replicated in a life. I hope it can't. But actually, this article from The Guardian uh, kind of has some disturbing numbers for me. Uh, when when a embryo is actually implanted in a woman's uterus for in vitro fertilization, that embryo was grown in a lab for four weeks. She's actually four weeks pregnant at that point. Wow. And then... Um, a pregnancy is normally 40 weeks and over half of it can now be done in neonatal care. So really it's under 20 weeks of gestation time that scientists ha have to figure out how to do safely. It's not really that far away. One scientist says that in the future, they believe that all children will be conceived with in vitro fertilization. And why though? Eugenics. Exactly. So there is a nefariousness to this that is palpable like they are it's the goal they are presenting it with well this is going to help uh women who have had their uterus removed for one reason or another all these different reasons but essentially they want to get down to did you notice that little clip or, or, or part that said you'll be able to monitor their features mm -hmm. so if they have a deformity what you just scrap that one and start another like this is kind of this is scary time where you are removing god from every aspect, you know, life and, and death are in the power and, and in the hands of God. I don't think that God's going to let it go this far. I just don't. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I actually had one more clip. You're going to have to catch that on the second half of our show. Joe Biden kind of making us look silly. You guys may not know this. Okay, so every single Friday we come on here with you guys live on Brideon, Brideon.tv. We love it so much. But our show, which is headline news, takes a lot. So we do two parts of our show, which we go over. You can jump, jump over to resistancechicks.com or watch it later on this weekend. Um, but speaking of this weekend, every Sunday we have a show that we're doing on brideon.tv at 5 p.m. This week, what did we talk about? William Penn. We're doing Christian nationalism. You guys are, we need to be brushed up on our history when they come at us trying to take our constitution. Absolutely. So I want to encourage you guys. We've done some amazing programs uh, recently this week, a couple of videos on, you know, there's a day of reckoning coming. Uh, for the church, I truly believe you want to get yourself right with God, get both feet out of the world. If you've got one foot in the world and one foot in uh, in in God, then you need to just jump over on the God side full force. We did an interview with the Gibson girls. You don't want to miss that. All of it you can find on resistancechicks.com. I hope that you guys have a wonderful Christmas. We're going to probably be doing a rerun next week, but you can always find us on resistancechicks.com. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. Today is December 16th, which means Christmas is just nine days away. It's on a Sunday. So Leah, I actually wanted to talk to you about this before we came down here and, and decided to go live on our show. Were you wearing those glasses the whole show? No. You just put them on. Put them on. Oh, they look, Leah got new glasses. Doesn't she look really smart? 
Oh, with your little Christmas glass there. I think they're adorable. Um, so anyway, I'm smarter. I was informed mm -hmm. by the producers of Brighteon.tv that our regular live program will just be a rerun next week on Friday. That's fine. And also the following Fridays to give the producers a day off, you know, because Christmas and New Year's are on weekends this year. So they get they, you guys their, better their come back. In January. Now, what I'm thinking, though, is that we will still do our regular Friday shows. They'll just be on Rumble and Facebook. Yes. They'll be the full two-hour show. You just won't find us on Brideon, which yeah. is fine. So there's that. That takes care of that. What it doesn't take care of is I can guarantee you New Year's Day will be here. That's a Sunday. Yeah. We will be here doing a program on New Year's Day. Not on Christmas. So that's what no I was No Sunday show. No Sunday show on Christmas. Now, we will be doing a Christmas special because we do yeah. that every year. That's, that's undecided. Probably, our probably Friday show. That you think it'll be our Friday show? Next week. You think so? Maybe not like a Christmas special on Friday or on Saturday? Christmas mm, Eve. Probably mm. not. Christmas okay. Eve. We'll All right. So still in the works determining that. But we will not be here on Sunday, Christmas Eve. Well, we will. This is our home. We live here. You'll be at home. We'll be at home. We just won't be sharing our Christmas day with you. We won't be in um, each other's homes. That's true. That's a good way of putting it. But the the Fridays will be ready, regular, ready to go. Mm -hmm. So you guys will be able to join us there. So so count on that. New Year's Day, though, we will be here. So I'm glad we got the scheduling part worked out um, for you guys. There you go. All right. That's all I have to say. Honestly, our show on Brighton, though, was so good. I really... We, I kind of grabbed them with the stuff that we talked about on the Brighton show, which was mm -hmm. the NFTs, Trump's free speech... Um, announcement and the transhumanism. I really wish people could like see that. Did you guys see that in the intro that I played there? The transhuman baby growing lab thing that's just terrifyingly awful. Yeah, we ended our Bright End segment with that. We do not... No, we cannot have babies grown in artificial Well, it gets a little bit deeper than just we can't because it's bad or it's wrong. But Leah, you and I were having a conversation the past couple of days about children that are adopted, even yeah. as an infant child, right? Like there is issues. something inherent about when you're in your yeah. mother's womb, there's a connection there. And then when the, even if they're raised in the most loving family, there's always something that's missing there that this child's going to need to work through. Because when you're in the womb, you have a connection with the mother that's that is growing you inside of their body. So what I'm thinking, per that conversation, if a child is grown in a lab, mm. what kind of ramifications will be in the I emotional it's, status it's of that be child? Close to you know a crack baby or something like you don't have that um, that connection. Like even neonate neonatal babies yeah. uh, ha were in your mother's womb for some time. Yeah. Uh, we're playing with fire. The more science can keep children alive outside of the womb. I don't know that, it, you know, pro-life advocates really champion it, but I don't know if, if we keep going down that road, that it's a really good path to go down. No, I couldn't agree more. And I just, I want to caution you guys because the video that we played earlier, and you can, you can watch it back when we combine the shows, um, later tonight mm -hmm. or tomorrow, but in, in the, in the actual video there, it, it, it praises this idea that women who have had to have hysterectomies because of cancers or other things, that's, these are all wholesome reasons to do, mm -hmm. to do this. There's nothing wholesome about this. And honestly, guys, take this for what it's worth. I don't want to convict anybody or, or, or falsely throw stones or anything like that. My personal convictions 
for my life. And I'm not the youngest chick in the, in the egg there. I still one day would love to have children. I do not believe in all of, in, in the artificial like surgery things. Right, where you they take your egg, IVF. And it, you know, I, I, in vitro fertilization. I, I, I believe that life and death, life and death, life, not just death, life and death are in the hands of God, and we should, we can Excuse do what me. we can. God bless you. We just started a fire in the basement. We can do what we can as far as making our bodies, you know, as best we can. With, there are you many. Know, moral issues and ethical issues with in vitro fertilization. So I'm just saying, if I have an issue with that. This is a, a no-brainer. I me. actually shared an article. Millions of babies are, have been killed, basically, because in vitro fertilization, you grab a bunch of em mm -hmm. uh, uh, eggs and sperm, you put them together, you create a ton of embryos, and those embryos, there's millions of them, they just die. And I was thinking about that with this uh, this video footage here of this, you know, ideal mm -hmm. that you could grow thirty thousand babies in one lab, okay. How many of those are going to fail? Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. By design. And, and and they even said very clearly, like I mentioned earlier, if you're going to monitor your baby's features. So if there's something that just seems amiss. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what if it's, yeah. I just don't want my kid to have brown eyes. I know. Oh, I yeah. really wanted a yeah. blue-eyed baby. Because y'all oh. know that there are people that are obsessed with your blue eyes. Brown eyes are the way to go. I'm just saying. My mom prayed for two girls with blonde hair and brown eyes. Granted, the blonde went away as we became adults. And we just kind of have to, like, help that go along we needed a little touch up here but i'm just saying she got what she prayed for that's where it needs to be y'all people with the obsession with the blue eyes you know what i'm saying Not every beautiful person has blue eyes no i love blue eyes actually i really, I really. <laughs> i'm just saying there's gonna be a lot of people like i really wanted that blue-eyed baby try again scrap it right you yeah. know throw it out so uh on the first half with the Brightian segment, we were talking about Twitter File 6. And this is mm. the FBI uh, trailer of how the FBI basically used Twitter as like a subsidiary of the FBI. So I want to go back here. We're going to go uh, back to Matt Talibis. There's no L in his name. Talibis. It looks like it's an It's a L. silly name. It's so a silly like name this, he has. When I have my glasses on, there's an L there. Matt T. Just call him Nat Matt TB. There's an L in there. There's no L in there. there it's an I. All right. Dot. Okay. We're going to go back to an internal email from November 5th in 2022 when the FBI's National Election Campaign Post, which comp uh, compiles and sends out complaints, sent the San Francisco field office a long list of accounts that may warrant additional action. Agent Chan passed the list on to his, quote, his Twitter folks. Uh, Twitter then replied. I got me some Twitter peeps. With its list of actions taken, uh, Mercy was actually stuff. shown to actor Billy Baldwin. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't retweeted this, but you can bring up Matt to EB. Uh, it says, uh, hi, Elvis. Thank you for your patience as our team assessed the accounts that you flagged. We've completed our review and have taken the following actions on some of the accounts. Uh, permanently suspended for policy violation. Uh, temporarily suspended. And then... Tweets bounce for civic min misinformation, and then it looks like they did not take uh, it, it, action on Billy Baldwin. Many of the above accounts were satirical in nature. Nearly all, with the exemptions of Baldwin and RSBN, were relatively low engagement, and some were suspended, most with a generic thanks Twitter letter. I got one of those. Wow. <laughs> uh, mine was suspended. It didn't say it was permanently banned. It just said, you, you know, but it didn't. 
you know, it's so funny because there's no, they say that you can appeal, but there's really no appeal. There's for- never an appeal. And that's, again, back to what uh, Trump was saying there is he was like, if we have to make it so that if you are going to be, sh- and not even shadow banned, but downgraded, if you're going to be suspended, there has to be a clear reason for why, a time period for how long, right. and uh, a, a concise or a, a speedy appeal process. Right. So there's a guy with like 900 followers when told the FBI was flagging him. He said, my thoughts in- initially include, number one, seems like prima uh, face first uh, amendment violation. Number two, holy cow me, an account with uh, the reach of an amoeba. What else are they looking at? Uh, somebody else. I can't believe the FBI is policing jokes on Twitter. That's crazy. Uh, in a letter f- uh, to former Deputy General Counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker, who was working for Twitter, on September 16, 2022, legal sec- uh, executive Stacey Card- Cardill outlines results from her soon-to-be-weekly meeting with the DHS, the DOJ, the FBI, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, the Twitter executive writes, she explicitly asked if there were quote, there were impediments to the sharing of classified information with industry. The answer, the FBI was adamant no impediments to, uh, to sharing exists. This passage underscores the unique one big happy family vibe between Twitter and the FBI. Uh, with what other firm? What with what other firm would the FBI blithely agree to no impediments to classified information? Yeah, that's amazing. At the bottom of the letter, she lists a series of quote escalations apparently raised in the meeting, which were already quote handled. Uh, about one, she writes, flagged a specific tweet on Illinois use of modems to transmit election results in possible violation of the civic integrity policy, except they do use that tech in limited circumstances. Another internal letter from January 2021 shows Twitter execs processing an FBI list of, quote, possible violative con- uh, content. Here, too, most tweets contain the same. Get out there and vote Wednesday trope and had low engagement. This is what the FBI spends its time on. Uh, in this March 2021 email, an FBI liaison thanks a senior Twitter executive for the chance to speak to you and the team, then delivers a packet of, quote, products. And I think that that might be, I don't know if that's the end. It's, uh, they're definitely retweeting as, as we go. So let me see if that is the end, because he usually ends it with, um... you know, this all this entire thing is just so exciting to me to see all of the things that we've known that Twitter was doing with the FBI this entire time. We've been saying it. Mm-hmm. You've been saying it. We've been telling everybody. You've been telling your friends Christmas time this year should be so much fun for you. OK, because you're going to be able to go around and you're going to be able to talk to your family and be like. Everything I said last Christmas that y'all kicked me out and threw the sweet potato pie in my face for lucky here. I was telling you, you were the crazy conspiracy theorist and they gave you a tinfoil hat for Christmas out of your, in your, in your box there. And they all laughed at you. Well, guess what? This Christmas, y'all to go in and start handing out tinfoil hats to everybody because they're going to join the club. Because the the proof is right there in the pudding. So the way uh, Matt Taibbi uh, actually clapped... Classifies this is as a master canine, a master dog relationship between yeah. the FBI and Twitter. The FBI says jump, and they so, say hi, yeah. How instead hi. of tracing tra- chasing sex predators and terrorists, mm-hmm. which is what they could have been doing on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, they could have been asking for real time location of you know this person and that person because there was a lot of sex. I didn't come across a lot of it, but it, I guess it was on Twitter. People said that it was on Twitter. Uh, the FBI has agents, lots of them, analyzing and mass flagging 
social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent end in itself surveillance operation. People should not be okay with this. So what the FBI was literally saying is, I don't like what this person is saying. I want Twitter. This is the government. I want Twitter to stop this person speaking. They weren't wow. breaking the law. Yeah. And then Twitter complies saying, okay, we'll be your arm of the law. Yeah. You know, again, going back to, and we didn't play this on, on the, the second half of the show, which I know you just have to watch the combo show. Okay. Um, we did earlier in Bridie on and tomorrow it'll be posted all together. But in Trump's big announcement on free speech, which was totally overshadowed by the NFTs, he stated and again, you have to really kind of slowly listen to this and break it down. He he talked about if if they want to do these kinds of things, they're going to have to get legal writ, kind of like not getting a warrant, but what was the exact word that he used, right? In order to be able to, to do these things, Leah's not listening to help me with my words that I'm failing with here. So, pause. You what saying, was it that he said? You're saying it helped. No, he said you're gonna have to. Um, Y'all, people, help me out in the chat. I know you. I know some of you guys saw this. Trump said in his big explanation of what they were gonna have to do in order to take down a tweet or take down something or censor you. It was gonna have to go through like a legal ramification first, and that was. And oh, I was like, kind of like beach policy. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked by that. Like that's how it should be. If you have not broken the law. Okay, they should not be able to censor you according to a, to a tweet or something like that. I don't remember. I, we probably should just play the whole thing all over again, but it was six minutes long, so I don't want to play it again. But you guys will have to just watch it from the all beginning. All right, so uh, if you guys are just joining us, uh, Donald Trump announced a free speech policy plan for 2024. But what I'm talking about is not in the list that was retweeted by Don Jr. So that's oh, why. It, no, because he said a lot of things that aren't actually in that list. And and one of those was essentially about getting, um, again, it's not a warrant. It's not a FOIA request it was something in that realm if they're going to go into this and go i think it might have been oh i know what it was he said he was going to enact uh, criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to uh that to must be it i think what it was right. is in order to get this information the fbi is going to have they can't just like email and ask for it they're going to have to go through the channels that you would have to go through uh -huh. to get this private information. Right. That's what I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah, yeah. So that is, uh, it, it's under the umbrella of that, but it was more specific when he said it. Yeah. So if you guys are just joining us, so um, Donald Trump came out with the NFTs, he's a superhero, and that was kind of to tease up uh, actually his free speech policy, which was uh, to ban federal agencies from colluding to censor American citizens, ban taxpayer dollars from being used to label uh, speech as misinformation or disinformation. General Jen Psaki was doing that. You see that now with the FBI, right? right. You can't do that. That would be totally illegal to do. Fire every federal bureaucrat who is engaged in domestic censorship, which I think everybody would be gone. Immediately send preservation letters to the Biden administration and big tech giants. Hey, we want to know what you've been doing, who you've been working with. Uh, uh, order the DOJ to investigate all parties involved in online censorship regime and prosecute any and all crimes identified. And then revise Section 230 to drastically curtail That's big pl uh, platforms' power to restrict lawful speech. 
stop federal funding from all for all nonprofits and academic prom, uh, programs that engage in censorship, suspend federal dollars from any university that is engaged in censorship support activities, enact criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to violate your constitutional rights. That you shouldn't need a law to do that because it's against the First Amendment. It's already against the law. That's all of this stuff is is within our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, but and for then, some reason it's not being upheld. Right, exactly. And then a, a seven-year cooling-off period to where if you worked for the government, you can't go work for big tech. Why, though? Because And, and Trump addressed this in his proposal because you have access to all of this data. I know. Hello. 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 McFly. Hello. Hello. All right. So in, okay, back uh, to we're the back Twitter to, files. To, to Evie. Uh, we're at 31 here. And this March 2021 email, an FBI liaison thanks a senior Twitter exec for the chance to, quote, speak to you and the team, then delivers a packet of, quote, products. Uh, 32 here. The executive circulates. Wait, how do I get to that? You're right there. No, I'm at 31. So remember it cut off on us. Yeah, I just go to his Twitter. Okay. And then scroll down to 32. Okay. The executive circulates the quote products, which are really no. Department of Homeland Security bulletins. Yes, you have to just scroll down. They'll they'll be Show there. this thread. Got it. Um I've stressing I've... the need for greater collaboration between law enforcement and quote private sector partners. Uh 33, the um the ubiquity of the 2016 Russian interference story as no, stated. Keeps, I get all the way down to the bottom and I'm getting so, stuck at 31. Okay. Let me show you something. I don't do Twitter guys. Can you tell? You just scroll down. Wait, and, no, that was not there. And then it's right here. Nope. It wasn't. Here okay. we go. All right. So the Russian interference story as stated pretext for building out the censorship machine can't be overstated. Um, it's actually how the 9-11 inspire the expansion of the security state so they're using this russian misinformation to build this out in within the fbi um and it's fake so they created a fake pretext is did they fake 9-11 while the dhs in its products uh of course it did uh they didn't fake it but you know what i mean they are we on facebook we are. Uh, while the dhs in its products uh pans permissive uh, social media for offering, quote, operational advantages to Russians, it also explains that the, quote, domestic violent extremism threat requires addressing, quote, information gaps. Let me read this. Information gaps and challenges associated with the individualized nature of radicalization could be partially mitigated with increased collaboration between law enforcement, terrorism prevention efforts, and private sector partners. We judge these partnerships would improve our ability to detect changes in DVE trends and provide early warning of potential attacks. So they weren't coming after us. They want to go, they're scrolling through to right. try to keep, because you remember, uh, coach Dave Dobbenmeyer has been like, he has a stalker, uh, that, that, uh, follows him relentlessly and tries to make Dave out to be a domestic terrorist. Well, because he says he works with feds. Well, if Dave has people around him that are feds, well, we know that. They, Christopher Ray, Director Christopher Ray, said that the number one terror threat are right wing extremists, and why is that? Because they have implanted people to try to get fed up Americans to do radical things, so that they can take down the Republican Party and take down the right wing people, um, and enact more of their security state. So, be careful who you're talking to. Be careful about anybody who wants you to do anything 
uh, that would seem to be yeah. uh, too too over the top. If it looks Here's like the deal, BLM guys. or Antifa, don't do it. Let me tell you something. Let me make this loud and clear. Okay. If it comes time for us to go full on 1776, you're going to know it. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to stop and question, should I? You right. will know yeah, it. Right. All right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all hearing me and feeling me on this? It's not time to go full on 1776. We have laws in place. We just need to enact the ones that are there. Boom. Okay. All right. So the FBI in one case sent over so many, quote, possible violative content reports. Twitter personnel congratulated each other in Slack for the monumental undertaking of reviewing them all. <gasps> oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. There were multiple points of entry into Twitter for government flagged reports. This letter from Agent Chan to Roth references, te references Teleporter, a platform through which Twitter could receive reports from the FBI. They had to, literally had a whole thing set up. Look at this. Twitter folks, I just got something hot off the presses today. Please be on the lookout for a Teleporter message from me with two documents to download. Thanks. Regards, Elvis. Supervisory Special Agents Squad CY1 National Security FBI San Francisco. Uh, reports also came from different agencies. Here, an employee recommends balancing content based on evidence from a DHS, etc. Wow. Um, the state governments also flagged content. Twitter, for instance, received reports via the Partner Support Portal, an outlet created by the Center for Internet Security, a partner organization to the DHS. Why was no action taken? Below Twitter executives uh, receiving an alert from California officials by way of our, quote, our Partner Support Portal debate whether to act on the Trump tweet. Why was no action taken? Here, a video was reported by the Election Integrity Por uh, Project, the EIP, at Stanford, apparently on the strength of information from the Center of Insecu uh, Internet Insecure. <laughs> Internet Security. Uh, if that's confusing, it's because the CIS and the DHS a a is a DHS contractor, uh, describes itself as partners with the Cyber Internet Security Agency, CISA, at the DHS. The EIP is one of a series of government-affiliated think tanks that uh, mass review content, a list that also includes Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Laboratory and the University of Washington Center for Informed Policy. The takeaway, what most people think of as the deep state is really a tangled collaboration of state agencies, private contractors, and sometimes state-funded NGOs. The lines become so blurred as to be meaningless. Wow. Uh, the Twitter files researchers are moving into a variety of new areas now um, and then watch them. So um, I want to see a couple. He, uh, Matt Taibbi uh, retweeted a few people who made some points. And so I want to bring, bring that up because he was. Hang on. He was talking. Well, OK. So, guys, there we did not cover drops four and five. Yeah, we did. Didn't we? We did special shows for one, three. two, and three. Okay. Uh, but we did not cover four the and Trump, five. So number, November eighth, it was the November, or the January eighth of the taking down of Donald Trump. But this is what Lee Fang says about one of the tweets. He says, "Here, here's the FBI just a month ago asking Twitter for quote location information on a bunch of Twitter users, including including RSBN. The FBI asked Twitter to quote voluntarily provide info and help." helpfully suggest these users violated the terms of service. But hang on a second. I have not read the Twitter terms of service. The FBI wants to know where RSPN is, according to Twitter. Well, but... Do they follow you on your GPS? Is that a thing? That's a, a, a very good question. My point is, though, 
Twitter doesn't have a right to give away your your, your information. Not to the FBI. Not without not anybody. A not without a warrant. The FBI would have to come to Twitter and say, so so we have these backroom deals going on. Yeah. These FBI agents need to be prosecuted. Yeah. And so do the people that were working at Twitter that gave away your information. If they yeah. complied at all with these requests, yeah. they need to be in jail. The FBI pulled hundreds of agents off financial crime to war on terror stuff in the in the uh, hundreds resulting in missing signs of financial crisis of the financial crisis incentives to invent terror pots plots now tons get assigned to social media so that wow. they can inundate twitter with takedown requests for joke accounts this is incredible the fbi agent just read an fbi agent just reached out with a key point about the gross uh, subservience of twitter before the fbi a lot of companies we deal with are adversarial, adversarial with us. Like T-Mobile is totally adversarial. They love leaking things we're saying if we don't get our processes right. I feel like that's the default position. People wow. used to get mad uh, about that in the bureau, but they're supposed to represent their clients and their customers. Why in the world would you expect them to make it easy for you? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Now, this actually leads into our next story here. This um, is huge. Tucker Carlson um, spoke with someone who had access to still hidden JFK files and is deeply familiar with their contents. Uh, and he asked that person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of JFK? And he said, yes, 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 I believe they were involved. So if you guys haven't seen our two interviews with Barry Jones, you are missing out. Barry Jones is the author of The Treasonous Cabal. Our, our most recent interview, he went more into the CIA and the tie between Watergate and Watergate, exactly, and and how this all connects in just spider web yeah. of lies and misinformation. And these agencies need to come down. They should not exist. They're unconstitutional. But we have our own special historian who basically, uh, if you have read his book, then you already know the answer to this. But let's go ahead and run uh, uh, play Tucker here. Tucker Carlson tonight. So not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. Mm. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary Kennedy. sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the no, president of the United there. States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But oh, replied the US government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And many, many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that, in fact, it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then, at the time, before that was known, the government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible, and some people started asking obvious questions about it. 
It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. But despite 60 years of name-calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what, what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MKUltra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. So of all the psychiatrists in the world, what in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. And that act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, 
This is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to, not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. Whoa, Tucker's uh, hitting hard when he's coming after Pompeo like that. And and here's the deal that, um, you know, Mike wants to run for Mike Pompeo president. ran the CIA. And... All He's the of these people. Of the secrets. Why do you think the Trump keeper didn't of the secrets? We could have just titled this whole show "The, the keeper, keeper of, of the Secrets." secrets. The Why do you secrets. think that um, he got put in with Trump, and he had a to, like, handler? I think that Mike Pompeo was meant to be a handler, and in order to be a handler, you have to play the part. And if you're part of CIA, then you're taught how to play handle the people and yeah. play the part. Yeah, I don't trust that man as far as I could throw him. But here's the here's the rub of it all. The fact that this is, that Tucker has taken this on mm -hmm. is a very um, bold thing for Tucker to do because when you start talking about the CIA being involved in the in the JFK assassination, then you are one of them. You are a tinfoil yeah. hatter, hundred percent, full blown. But we all, every red blooded American feels like the CIA had to have been involved in some capacity with the assassination of JFK. And if they were, then the entire CIA has to be disbanded. The CIA being involved in MK Ultra, MK Ultra alone, using psychiatric drugs on Americans without their consent or knowledge, alone is reason enough to disband the CIA. Regardless of how you feel about the FBI, the CIA in and of itself needs to be dissolved Yesterday. Go the way of the dinosaurs. Yeah, I, I think that after this, I think we're going to see some, some. I'm glad people are finally. Because I'm so fall. tired of everybody saying there's some good people in the FBI, but no, no, no. There's it's CAA. all rotten no. to the core. It's all rotten. all rotten. It's all rotten. It's all rotten. It's rotten at its foundation. Okay? It's rotten at its These foundation. These people operate as 
criminal mercenaries under the guise that they're doing it for their country. No, you're just psychotic criminal mercenaries. And I know that we are wiretapped as the CIA and y'all know how I feel about this. Okay, but I don't care. We're, we're done caring. You guys, we have our Bill of Rights our constitution, our declaration of independence, with which give us, we the people, all power to get rid of these criminals. Yeah. Well, a little good news here out of Oregon. An Oregon judge blocks the high capacity magazine ban. So gun owners of America and Gun Owners Foundation have successfully delivered on their promise to fight gun control in the Beaver State. A judge in Oregon State Court uh, granted GOA a preliminary injunction in the case of Arnold and GOA versus Brown. The injunction halts the magazine ban in Oregon's most recent gun control law, ballot measure 114, from being enforced. The judge also maintained the temporary restraining order on BM's 114 permit to purchase requirement. This means that Oregonians can still buy standard capacity magazines and purchase firearms without a permit. Previously, on December 6th, uh, GOA was granted a temporary restraining order against the BM-114 bill. This comprehensive uh, TRO prevented the entire new law from being enforced before it could go into effect on December 8th. This ballot measure passed by a razor-thin margin and was reportedly bankrolled by out-of-state anti-gun lobbying groups such as Everytown and Giffords. Had the law gone into effect, it would have banned magazines over 10 rounds, required a permit to purchase any firearm, required a training course application fee, fingerprinting, and a duplicate background check to obtain a permit to purchase. Um, so I'm glad that's kind of some, some good news no, coming, coming out there. Uh, a new study claims unvaccinated people more likely to be reckless and cause traffic accidents. I'm not exactly sure how they studied people, but this new study released this month by members of the Timetry Faculty of Medicine in Toronto. Um, this in is Canada, a, okay. These are, this a Canadian study. That being unvaccinated is an indicator of psychological risk taking and recklessness. The authors um, argue that the data involving traffic accidents in which one or more people are admitted to the hospital for injury shows a correlation between vaccination status and car wrecks. Oh my gosh, give me a break. Not surprisingly, the data sources involved in the study strongly support the original premise. But uh, the first I question... Wait, I haven't looked at this study, but here's my gut like. Why would anyone this. try this study wait, in the first no, place? No, 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 no. If they're just looking at data, mm. what they're saying is there are... I'm guessing. This is a complete guess. Please don't take my word for this. I have not looked at the study. I'm just hearing about this for the first time. But... It seems to me like what they would be saying is, well, most of the people that are um, dying from car accidents are unvaccinated people that are dying. And I'm like, but wait a minute, maybe it's just because you've been lumping all of these vaccinated people and all of these like COVID deaths wait, into like this, one, you know. We're going to get to the bottom of why this was even a study. So the authors of this study are all members of the University of Toronto Temerity faculty and the Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. This faculty and section of the university was funded by a $250 million grant from James C. Temerity and the Temerity Foundation in 2020. It was the single largest gift in I Canadian knew it history. Was going to come back to Ukraine. The money was I designated to various involved. areas of the university, but a large portion went directly to the COVID nineteen research project. So, who is this James guy? He's a Ukrainian-born citizen in Canada. Always and he's the founder back. of the Northland Power, but his non-profit foundation appears to be his primary focus. He is also on the advisory board of the Atlantic Council. 
this globalist think tank out of Washington, with many of the same ideological aims promoted by the World Economic Forum. In fact, members of the Atlantic Council are also also invited to speak with the W uh, at the w, the World Economic Forum. So. Does anyone in the vaccine industry and big pharma have a close relationship to the the Atlantic Council? Of course, many people. So I just thought that this was hilarious. Of course, they're just doing anything they can throw in. All I I know know is for the past two years, we have heard that um, a lot of people that died of car accidents, they actually died of COVID-19, not of the car accident. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm just saying this, this feels a little fishy. Yeah. South Dakota. Governor Nome, now she's she's made some headways because she banned TikTok. She really wants to go after China. I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this, I, I think it's good, but I don't know if she's doing this for the right reasons or not. Um, I don't know if it's Botox speaking. I got to tell you, I'm, uh, the so many women in front of the camera right now are getting so much work done. It's... It's, it's hard. Wait a minute. Hang on. Right. Hang on. Wait. No. Seriously. Let me let me go to the big screen. This is a good time. This is a good time because we're gonna we're gonna talk about Christy Nome and all these people. I don't know where you're going with this. I love what she's saying. I love Christy Nome. Commercial break though. Leah and I do not do any. This is just our face, okay? But if you think that our face looks extra especially good over the past several months, it could be. Because of organic body essentials that we've been getting from Vicky Natale, we actually did an interview with her this week. And it was so much fun. You did that face washing thing again. Yeah. Um, which I just, I, I love and I thought it was super awesome. Um, guys, go to organicbodyessentials.com. Use promo code RC. All of her stuff is organic. Everything is, it's, is she prays over it. But it's, it's 10% off until the end of the year right now. Do it. No, it's until Christmas Eve. Until Christmas Eve, excuse me. Oh, wait. So literally you have like a week. Yeah. A week do left to go. So go to Organic Body Essentials. I have no idea why my little thing here isn't showing up. Organicbodyessentials.com. I see that. I don't know why it's not there. But um, I, I, I want to encourage you guys because that sale is going on. Yes. Now you is the time. You might not look like Christy Dome. You might not look like Christy. You don't have to go through all that craziness. I'm telling y'all. Okay, a little, a little bit of her uh, flawless face serum g- got Just rid kind of, of all of the crow's feet around my eyeballs. Okay, you can't, natural, really natural, Organic. essential oils. Exactly, and all kind of crazy, awesome stuff. All right, so, Just okay, saying. so she banned TikTok off of all government phones in um, uh, South Dakota. Yeah. And she actually has proposed legislation to restrict China from purchasing U.S. farmland. And that I can get behind. So with this new process, we will be able to prevent nations who hate us, like communist China, from buying up our state's agricultural land. Yes, yes, yes. That can you do, Bill Gates? We cannot allow the Chinese Communist uh, Party to continue to buy up our nation's food supply. Uh, so this uh, proposed plan marked the latest step by um, Christy Nome to clamp down on the CCP's influence in her state. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And I really hope that that, that takes uh, it takes Damn hold there. No. I'm very excited. Rand Paul is so excited and so exasperated at emasculated Republicans. And I am too. But what for? For accepting a bloated spending bill. Um, this was a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. They went along with it without even reading it. And could we go ahead and play Rand Paul here? We this isn't his Festivus Rand. yet. His Festivus 
Uh, I, I really enjoy this Festivus thing where he goes on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve and he goes through the most ridiculous things that the government has spent money on. Oh, dear. But this isn't it. That's some other Okay, thing. wait. Watch on YouTube. Let's try it. <laughs> it wasn't playing. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Senator Paul, God bless you for your, op uh, your uh, opposition to this. You know, look, you think Steve Moore's crazy? I mean, the 2010 PAYGO caps are still the law. They get avoided every year. You only need 41 Republicans because Democrats would need 60 votes to waive the caps. Why not try that instead of this crazy omnibus? Well, I have bad news for you. The good news is I'm for it. I've tried it before. I've introduced it and we've had the vote. The bad news is this, is that last time I tried it, there were four votes, me and three others. <laughs> This, this brings upon us the lie that Republicans really are fiscally conservative. The Democrats aren't. They will not pretend to be fiscally conservative. Not one of them up here gives a darn about the debt. Republicans all profess to, but when you make them vote on the pay-go resolution, pay-as-you-go, that we can't have new spending without offsetting it, they always vote to exempt it. So the omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get it two hours before they want to pass it. No one will read it. But hidden in the 3,000 pages will be, we're going to waive PAYGO. So Steve Moore's right, it would take 41 votes. But the other thing is, 41 votes would stop the big spending. If 41 of us said no and held our ground until there was a compromise, we could force Democrats to reduce spending. We have completely and totally abdicated the power of the purse Republicans are emasculated, they have no power, and they are unwilling to gain that power back. The only way they can get it, divide the spending into 12 bills, and then decide to hold one of them hostage, or two of them hostage, and then apply policy changes in the House. But they've got to do it. They've got to capture this, and we'd have to do the budget the way it's supposed to be. Budget, 12 appropriation bills, and then try to attach some policy, like removing the 87,000 IRS agents from the IRS budget. When we try to do it in one bill, the Republicans don't have the intestinal fortitude. They always collapse and they fear shutting government down so no policy objectives ever get added. The only way we can do it is if we actually do what we're supposed to do, budget, 12 appropriation bills, and then decide which ones you want to fight over. Regular order. All Regular right. order. Exactly. That's all it okay. takes. Okay. You know, it's at this point, the ship is sinking. Here goes another hole in the ship. It's already, there's too many. Oh, yeah. Here goes another hole. There's you know, Rand keeps talking holes. about these 87,000 uh, IRS agents. Oh, dear God. I didn't realize that he was coming at it from a budget standpoint. Just from a budget standpoint, it's a bad idea. Exactly. All right, Jeffrey Epstein oh. has a uh, actually um, a um, one of the victims says she has some tapes. No way. Yeah, the footage will haunt me for the rest of my life. Says Je a Jeffrey Epstein survivor claims she watched tapes the pedophile made with his wealthy friends uh, having sex with a female victim for blackmail. And says she still has copies hidden away somewhere. So why doesn't she release them though? I don't know. So in so um, you can't just come out. A with New York like federal court on Monday released more documents regarding Ghislaine Maxwell's defamation lawsuit filed by uh, Virginia uh, Guffrey. Okay, uh, most of the documents, as you would expect, were heavily redacted when it comes to revealing names of the wealthy elite who were Epstein's associates. But what did come to light was a deposition by an Epstein victim, Sarah Ransom. In Ransom's deposition. 
she claimed that there were tapes and he she has copies so this isn't like new but this is new information coming out from uh, uh from this case never before seen pictures of epstein and maxwell were also released by the united states district court of the uh for the southern district of new york um uh here are ransom's photos of epstein and maxwell in on little saint james and then as a picture of herself Later in the, her deposition, Ransom claimed she was forced to have a threesome with Epstein's attorney, Alan Dershowitz. Oh. In response, Dershowitz has denied Ransom's claims. Overall, the unsealed documents were a bit disappointed due to the sheer number of redactions. Here are some examples. Scrolling down. You just get a black. Yes. This is what the District of Court uh, considered unsealed. And there's a lesser redacted version. No way. Are you kidding? Yeah. In July, the Gateway Planet lawyers... Uh, Mark um, and Jay, along with the GP uh, general counsel, filed a motion to intervene in the Guffrey Maxwell case in the United States. So we'll see where this where this actually wow. all goes. Um, this bombshell claim gives new insight into the long-held theory that Epstein blackmailed his wealthy male friends with secretly recorded tapes. And there you go. And if he did, the tapes have there have to be other there have to be copies mm-hmm. somewhere. So it's I find her claim. Uh, plausible for sure mm-hmm. that he, that she has them. So yeah, and then was Alan Dershowitz part of it? That's I don't know. That would be interesting. He's he's working on the Arizona case right now. I know. Uh, you they they've left us speechless. Mm. Yeah. How close are we to something awful? Tucker Carlson explains that U.S. Patriot missiles sent to Ukraine will require U.S. troops to run them. Because the ones we have in Poland are run by U.S. troops. Because nobody decided to run them but U.S. troops. So on Wednesday, the Biden gang announced that they would provide Patriot missiles to Ukraine. They forgot to mention that they require U.S. troops to manage them. There's no on-the-job training here. So that means we're sending troops to go with them. And then does that mean that we are officially at war with Russia? Russia warned that this is an escalation by the Biden admin and it will result in unpredictable consequences. Russia hit back at reports the U.S. is poised to send the Patriot air defense systems to Ukraine, calling it provocative. And that could lead to unpredictable consequences. The U.S. has not yet announced the decision to send the advanced systems, which could help Ukraine fend off a barrage of Russian missile attacks. But multiple reports indicated such an announcement could come this week. If this is confirmed, we will witness witness yet another provocative step by the administration, which can lead to unpredictable consequences. Um, And then if you want to scroll down, you can uh, play Tucker from uh, yesterday. But what's Russia's response? How close are we to something awful? Most Americans don't know because news from Russia has been cut off completely here. You're not allowed to know. It's been censored as it is in North Korea. But you should know that the Russian foreign ministry has warned that there'll be, quote, consequences if the Biden administration puts Patriot missiles and U.S. personnel in Ukraine. Is that Russian propaganda? No, it's just what they said. So in order to underscore the point, the Russian government has just released footage of the Yars nuclear missile. That missile is capable of hitting both the United States and the UK. You're seeing footage of it right now. It shows a Russian Yars rocket being installed into a silo south of Moscow. A Russian general told state media that the plan is to hit London. Quote, you don't have to hit Washington first. It's too far away. London is next door. London is the main hotbed of all nastiness. Yikes. That's intense. Hmm. Hmm. I love that the, the, this posturing by Russia. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the missiles. 
they we have big missiles they can go to london so one report came out and said that russia was uh running low on ammo and trying to get some from north korea huh? i don't know but you can't trust any reports coming out but we do have fresh missile barrage leave cities across ukraine without power or water in oh, sub-zero wow. temperatures another wave of massive russian attacks on uh, energy infrastructure ukraine's energy minister uh, announced there will be emergency power outages air raid sirens have been blaring throughout the day and this latest wave of strikes which resulted in electricity and water outages in multiple cities uh, and towns amid sub-zero temperatures um, more attacks rocked the capital as well due to damage to energy energy infrastructure there are interruptions to water supplies in all areas of the capital ukraine's largest uh second largest city Kharkiv is also completely without electricity, mm. as are the central cities of Poltava. I want to know if the you how Grand the Ukrainians Ch feel about this. Like, how come we're not hearing anything out of actual Ukrainians? They are the ones that are suffering the most. Okay, in all so of this. if you had an older country and the buildings were kind of built so in the Soviet era or they were old or dilapidated, and you wanted to modernize this country. Mm -hmm. Well, you couldn't really just go and claim eminent domain from every building, could you? Right. This is the rebuilding of a nation with mm -hmm. billions and billions of dollars. So when this is over, I think the hope is that Ukraine is going to have new water lines new power lines and i think that they're asking for this ah, in a way okay. that they want to rebuild their country as modern and upscale and new yeah. and that's the deal that they made i can see that i can see I that i think that's a deal that they made but it's a tough it's a tough one though because they're going to suffer this winter do they really care about their citizens? I don't think. Uh, I mean the people. I'm talking about the people. I don't think the people. I made want the to deal. know. You just said that they, it's a good deal for these. I said. I no, want no, to no, know the what's the, the oligarchy. No. Okay, then you misheard my question. Okay, I meant how come we're not hearing from the Ukrainians, the people? I think how they're brainwashed do they into feel? this. Okay, into so thinking if, that they need to fight Russia. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, but. In that, they are going to have a very cold winter. Yeah, but I don't think the elites, elites haven't cared so about you Ukrainians at all. They never cared about Ukrainians. It's, um, Ukraine, Why do you keep talking about the elites? I'm talking about the Ukrainian peoples. You're telling me I'm talking me about the elites the are the ones people, making the decisions wait, pause, for the Ukrainian people. Pause. You're saying I don't think the Ukrainian people know that the you elites made this deal. that the Ukrainians yeah. are brainwashed into thinking they have to fight Russia. Yes, so forget the elites for a second. The Ukrainians are going to be cold this winter. They're going to suffer. Yes. But the elites don't care about the people. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the elites... But I want to hear from the Ukrainians what they think about the, they must cold, fight the cold winter. They, do, you they, think that, do you think that all of these Ukrainians are just like, fight Russia... So, like, I have been extremely cold down here tonight. Like, I don't know why I'm so cold. I have a blanket. I'm freezing. My hands are freezing. Like, I am really cold here tonight. But I'm not at, like, winter without heat cold. And I'm, th and I'm literally thinking to myself, these people, when you live like that day after day after day, you can't get warm. You're suffering. You can't get proper foods and all of these things. Like, you really think that the Ukrainians are like, yes, let's do this for Ukraine. They're really serious. Okay. I've seen the All videos. 
The Ukrainians are really serious about fighting Russia. What do Russia. you guys think in the chat? Do you think the Ukrainians are all for this? I don't know. I, I just feel like once they go through a cold winter, their opinions may change just a little bit. Is it worth it? Well, whatever it is, they're not. If you Here's the thing. I will tell you this. Patriot Gallery says if they're you, blocking Russia and Ukrainian information from if America. If you have any opinion against it, then they will arrest you. Right. So you're not allowed to have an opinion. Because we did see a couple of videos of Ukrainians who were wondering what was going on. Yeah. And true. they were arrested in silence. Uh, one of the most horrible things that the Ukrainians do to the people that they think that are Russians or dissent or dissenters, okay, they outside in the cold, they duct tape them to a telephone pole completely buck naked. No way. In the beginning of the uh, Ukraine-Russian war, you saw hundreds of people duct taped to uh, telephone poles, buck naked. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. This so is this is so. This is something that we haven't really talked about on the show, though, because not just that actual instance, but what you're saying is that Ukraine is a totalitarian country just like North Korea and China. No, these are the people. These are the other fellow people. These aren't even the... This isn't the it's not the government. Army. No. This is just like if you like gang kind of style stuff. Rogue. This is the Azov Battalion type guys. Okay, well that makes sense. So if you are a normal Ukrainian and you're not a psycho Nazi, okay, these are Nazis. These yeah, are, I get these it. are psycho I get that. Nazis. Yeah. If you are not psycho Nazi and in 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 with them and going along with the whole hey, because they're getting paid off. Mm -hmm. There's billions of dollars and we don't know where that's going. Yeah. And it's not going to the weapons. Yeah. And it's obviously not going to food and infrastructure or whatever yet. Or heat. Or heat. So the people are suffering. And if you speak out, they've already banned all media. They banned the opposition party. They, there's nothing left. There's nothing. So you can't speak in Ukraine. So your question is, what do the Ukrainians think? We don't know. That's what I'm saying. All right. You want to save that for later, right? We don't know. I want you to go um, over here. Um to my Twitter, bring up a guy. Um, this is a former NFL player. You have to, I don't, it's, you have to bring up the, my Twitter. Okay. Uh, Jack Brewer on school von, gun violence. And he said he won't, it won't end until paddle, paddle and prayer is returned. Okay. I'm not about the paddles, but I totally get the sentiment. Recognize Mr. Brewer. You're recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair, Ranking Member Biggs, distinguished members. Oh, I'm sorry. Madam Chair, Jackson Lee, Ranking Member Biggs, distinguished members of the committee, thank you for the invitation to appear before you today. I'm a resident of Parkland, Florida, and I understand the impact of these tragedies on our communities. I'm a father of four. Unfortunately, I've experienced gun violence firsthand. At 14 years old, my friend shot a skinhead in the neck in self-defense after a group tried to break into his house. I will never forget the trauma I felt from having to serve as a witness in that case. Trauma and fear hardened me. After I was threatened and bullied, and harassed by skinheads, I started to carry an illegal pistol at 15 years old, a 22 long to be exact. 
I even took it to school after the skinheads threatened me. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. I was traumatized. I'll never forget being shot at and seeing a stray pellet skin my cousin's arm. I was a young kid with all the world in front of me. I was a straight A student, a great multi-sport athlete, and even the director of my church choir. If I was caught with that gun in my pocket, I would not be testifying before you today. If I had shot and killed a skinhead or a bully back then, I may still be in prison serving a life sentence today. The difference between me and the hundreds of young black boys who are shooting at each other every week in communities across America comes down to one word, father. The reason I thought twice about ever using that illegal gun I carried in my pocket is because I had a hard-handed daddy at home that would whoop my butt. I had a fasting and praying mom at home that taught me the fear of my father which art in heaven. And I had a father in the flesh and a father in the spirit. Proverbs 13 and 24 says, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chastiseth him betimes. And betimes means before the usual or expected time early. The very school shootings that have brought so much darkness to our nation's history are exacerbated by fatherlessness. A 2016 study found that out of a sample of 56 shooters, only 18% grew up in a stable household with both biological parents. And we know this Uvalde shooter did not have a man, a man of God in his life. When I saw that this was a bipartisan hearing to find solutions to gun violence, I prayed that the men and women of God in this room would finally be bold enough to focus on the root cause. Talking points may win elections, but addressing the root cause is the only way to solve a crisis. Research has indicated as many as 85% of shooters in communities were previously arrested, and most of them arrested for violent crimes. My foundation has worked on addressing the root cause of these issues in some of the most impoverished black communities on the planet. Recently, a neighbor uh, of mine was shot in the face, and the two young gunmen ran past the kids at my youth center. As you can imagine, they are traumatized, fearful, and hardened. The same feelings and emotions that I had at their age, carrying guns and always looking over my shoulder. The difference is, is 80% of my kids at my youth center are fatherless. Gun laws are the least of their worries. If they cuss a teacher out, refuse to do their work, or beat up someone, they have little or no consequences in the public school system today. Parents have little or no responsibility for the actions of their children. If we are serious about addressing gun violence, then we need to first get serious about bringing the paddle and prayer back to our public schools. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. In today's America, we have 18.6 million fatherless kids, more than any nation on earth. And we all know that kids are 20 times more likely to have a run-in with law enforcement if they're fatherless. We do not even teach the Ten Commandments in our public schools anymore, much less hold our children accountable to them. As Mr. Nadler mentioned earlier, this is an American problem. If we leave the Capitol today and decide to ban all guns, have we really done anything to address the root cause of gun violence? 
Walk into any prison in America and you will see a facility full of men who are locked up for crimes related to illegal guns. Charges ranging from murder and robbery and trafficking, carjacking, possession, distribution, to name a few. I run programs for thousands of men in the prison, many of whom committed gruesome gun-related crimes. The majority of these men share one common theme. They are all fatherless. Many of my students in my prison transition out and remain in our second chance programs. Several even work for my organization. One of the most violent men that I've ever met in prison is currently my roommate. He found full salvation through his father in heaven and he was able to meet his biological father for the first time at 50 years old after com completing 22 years in prison for violent crimes. Yes, he shot a man. He happened to be sent to a prison with real Christian-based rehabilitation programs. Unfortunately, despite the chatter about criminal justice reform in our public prison system in jails across America, we're warehousing men and women and we're not rehabilitating them. The solutions I speak do not come from me as I've never committed gun violence. I've only had to deal with the results and the victims as a minister and as a father. I assume not many of you in this chamber have ever pulled the trigger on an illegal gun. If we really want to solve these issues, Mr. Brewer, can you don't you think up? that we consider proven solutions? Can you come to a conclusion? Thank you. As a proud American, I'm a dedicated, I'm a dedicated servant to my community. I pray that we can humble ourselves and stop being conformed to the misguided politics of this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Thank you for having me, Ms. Chairwoman. Whoa. Thank you very much. Oh man, that was so good. That was worth playing the whole thing too. You know, okay, so again, like I said at the start there, um, I don't believe in the paddle in the public school. I also don't believe in the public school. Um, I think what he means is we have to bring back the... His, the primary theme kids is... Kids just go ran, run ran yeah. over teachers. They can swear at teachers. But they his, can do all kinds his of His primary stuff. focus there was not... I didn't like the caption, I guess is what I should have. Yeah. I, uh -huh. I, I, it was about fatherlessness, mm -hmm. right? It was about the fact that these kids that are committing these crimes were not raised in a mm -hmm. in a family, a stable family. Like he said, I had a, a, a father that would discipline me, yes, but I also had a prayer and fasting mother, mm -hmm. right? These are the answers that we're looking for. More legislation, more rules, yeah. all of that, more laws. None of that is going to fix right. these problems in America unless we become a holy and righteous nation. Absolutely. That's, that is how we're going to fix it. So that and, was so And well I can't said. believe... I, I, Honestly, that was one of the best um, videos that we've been able to play in a long time. Uh, and Congress really did well to bring... You had to bring this guy forward. I mean, like, he's he's running um, the rehabilitation centers. Yeah. He's he's actually doing the work. Right. The Democrats don't want to stop gun violence. Exactly. That's the point. Because if they do, they have to look themselves in the they face. They know that Christian people. principles and this guy, this minister... Uh, making good families, they don't. They want to destroy the family. Exactly. So they actually want to perpetuate gun violence by destroying the family. Boom. That's so exactly you should right. be telling them you, when they want to do, you know, all the get rid of the family and propose all this gender, yeah, gender groups, nonsense. So you want gun violence because 
kids who are not raised with a mother and a father yeah. in the home that love God, right. okay, are more likely to um, to commit gun violence. 86% more likely than those who have a father in the home. Yeah. And that's just a father, much less a good one. I know. A good Christian father. That's like go, it goes down to zero exactly. at that point, and they want to they want to blame uh, all violence on on white Christian kids. You know that Parkland shooter kid was really messed up. He had a lot of mental issues, uh, and his father was not in 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 his life at all. Uh, and so when you're looking at um, people who commit crimes. It's usually because they don't have a good, loving father. We need to make families great again. Amen. All right. I want to end with the last video of the of today. We didn't do the Biden one. Okay. Where is Biden's video? Do you have Let's it up? Let's do this while we got this up. And then oh, we'll no. Do, do Biden. I want to end on a good note. So do you have Biden's video up? Um, I can I can bring it up. So Biden. They, um, so supposedly they want to give a bunch of loans to Africa. And uh, Biden was speaking today, and he made a really weird go. statement. And I was going to play it's it on Can I see it? The wealth in the federal state, the poor pound of the ancient food, state one of the nation, uh, I'm looking for a city in the home countries. What? So. $350 billion in financing to make sure people across Africa can participate in a digital economy. And he's speaking about Africa giving this, 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 or giving Africa's this, this money to make them a digital economy. It's like what we're talking about in Nigeria. But in that video there, what was he saying? Do you want to play it again? We can. It's painful. Look, he looks asleep. And finally, I'm grateful to all of you who made the journey to Washington this summer. And we're here to visit your country. I'll tell some of you, you're very good at your budget. I said, be careful what you wish for. You can make show up. The poor relatives are going to show up. The wealth in the federal state, the poor pound of the ancient food, state one of the nation, uh, I'm looking for a city in your own countries. What does that even mean? Um, I think it's racist. And he's You're saying... You're the poor family members. The poor family members are the African nations getting money. And the rich people never show up. And then the poor people take... Stay, the poor relatives stay longer because they, they eat all the food. So the Africans... He's like, I'm looking forward to seeing you all in your own country. I don't know. It's very strange. It's so embarrassing. He's it's so, so embarrassing. All right. Uh, nobody wants to meet with this guy. Last video of the day, I want to show you an Indian American uh, kind of blast. So not this story. one we just have. Is yeah, this that one. This yeah. one? Okay. I came to the United States at the age of four. I was an immigrant to the great state of New Jersey, and I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia, a mostly white state. I was affirmed, I was supported. And I was able to grow up a girl who knew not a word of English when I arrived to become a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. I am sitting here before you today, apparently the face of white supremacy. I am wearing a shirt that my father made. My father survived literally white supremacy in India. 
My father is five foot three because when he was a boy, the white supremacists that were the British rule in India literally funneled food away from the people of India and my father starved. And so he grew up to be a young man who came to the United States of America because he believed in the values and principles of this great nation. My father made this shirt for me, inspired by the gown that Representative Ocasio-Cortez wore to the Met Gala. And it says on here the names that we, the parents in the United States of America, have been called, including in the video that you featured, Chairman Raskin. Things like domestic terrorist, white supremacist, QAnon moms, what is it that we, the parents, have dared to stand up against in the United States of America over the last couple years? It is a divisive ideology expressed through this book called Critical Race Theory. It is a book that is taught in law schools, but it is translated into our school systems with books like this, Not My Idea, a book about whiteness. The trickle-down effect of the demonization of any human being because of their race is books like this. Where does this book take us as an idea? It takes us to this very simple idea. An idea that is a new hierarchy of human value. There is no doubt that the hierarchy of human value that was about white supremacy is illegitimate. Every single person is opposed to the idea of white supremacy. But we cannot replace an old hierarchy of human value with a new hierarchy of human value that demonizes children with this book. Whiteness is a bad deal. Signing a contract with the devil. What is the message in this? The message is the shaming of human beings. No child should be shamed. And why is this a threat to our democracy? Because we then have posters like this one in the Los Angeles School District. What does it say? F America with KKK replacing the C. Because the idea is that our nation has become a white supremacist nation. And that is not true. That is not the reality. And we can see exhibited here today this poster also, F the police. This is an ideology that I call the woke army. It is an ideology of activists who are going through America's school districts and our communities, and what they are doing is a threat to democracy. What is the greatest threat that our children face today? It is the learning loss that has happened in our school districts. The Department of Justice declares clearly the characteristics that lead any human being to extremism include having less education. Chairman Raskin, I don't know if you know it, but the reading level in your school district, in Montgomery County Schools, is at 32% of kids that are reading at, at grade level. Math is at 30%. Congressman, Congresswoman Talib is here. In Detroit, it's 18% and then 12% for math. It is a failure. This is a system failure. White supremacy must be defeated, as must all extremism. This is our mandate as adults for our children. Our children are in a crisis today, 
And the idea that we, the parents, are now the agents of white supremacy is unacceptable. All of these books that I have here today are the indoctrination that are being put into the minds of our children instead of the fundamentals that are critical to make them educated, enlightened citizens that protect our democracy. That is our greatest mandate, and that is the one that I am honored to serve with you to realize for our children. Thank you so much. Wow. Good job, so Mom. Good. good job. Wow, that was really well said. Yeah, you know, we were, we, uh, that actually goes back to our interview with the Gibson girls. You guys should watch. We interviewed uh, Tanya Joy and Tara. And Tara has an amazing story that she should never have, have the story, but yeah. her daughter was suspended from a Christian school for joking that a young man was playing around like a monkey. And even though the 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 school administrators, one was black, she was well versed in critical race theory, including writing her dissertation, uh, college dissertation on it. Um, they told the, the the girl, "We recognize that there is that you did not know, and your this, family isn't and racist. You were innocent, but because the child that this was said to felt was offended. harmed, yeah. then there they has felt to felt. then they, they then there has to be a punishment, right? So if somebody feels like you did something, you yeah. have to be punished exactly. for how they feel, even though you didn't mean it, right? So." That's just stupid. And where does that end, though, by the way? Because we all could just, uh, the, the feeling police could just take over everything. We could just sue everybody for feelings. Feelings. Nothing You know, more I've got some pretty harsh feelings, feelings for some people that have been in my past that I would like to be able to just throw in jail or punish because of my feelings. That would, wouldn't that be great? It would be nice. I would like to do that. Yeah, me too. All right, you guys. That's the end of my show. Michelle, wow. what do you got for the end here? All right. So what I have for the end of this show, again, is to uh, encourage you guys to go and watch this video that Lee and I did two days ago um, about having one foot in the world mm -hmm. and trying to follow God. It doesn't work. And there is a day of reckoning that's coming and on the body of Christ. It's, it's, it is dangerous to be that way. We need to live holy and righteous and pure sanctified lives. There used to be something that people understood. It was called the fear of God right? Mm. That's missing in our society. And there is reason for it. God's, you know, again, and I quote this all the time on the show, and I'm going to quote it until you memorize it and start quoting it at Christmas. Abraham Lincoln said, I tremble to think that we serve a God that is just and that his justice does not sleep forever. I could do a whole video just entitled The Awakening of the Justice. God's justice is awakening in our generation. And if we do not keep walk on the straight and narrow, we will yeah. be caught up in that justice. Ooh. Right? Yes. So we are seeing that, that, that come forth. So I want to encourage you guys to go and watch that. Watch our interview that we did with uh, the Gibson girls. It wasn't just an interview. It was a, a show called Raw and Real. We're going to have them on again this coming week. And we're going to get into pornography. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. We're going to get into the, the dangers of pornography. And uh, again, that's why we're calling it raw and real, because we're going to dig into the subjects that no one really wants to get that deep into. And uh, this interview that we did this week with them was really, really fun. Uh, we kind of talked about some personal things. And so I just want to encourage you guys to go watch that. And then also Vicky Natale of Organic Body Essentials just came back from 
Israel with his glory. So she tells us a little bit about that. And then we kind of went into more. You guys, I've been getting messages from you that you like the product reviews. When you actually see us use the things, it's not just that we're coming on here and saying, hey, buy this thing. It's, hey, we're using this and we yeah, love it. Yeah, I was actually going to bring down my, my slippers so you guys to see them, but I didn't. So uh, I would be a lot warmer down here tonight if I was wearing my, my slippers. I'm just not. Speaking of the my slippers though, um, go to mypillow.com forward slash RC and use promo code RC this week. Right now, you have time. Christmas is next week. You need to get your family members a My Coffee subscription. I don't drink coffee, but your family members do. And every time they take a drink of that, they're going to have to be forced to see Mike Lindell's face and go, I really do like the coffee. Can't You know, we do that, right? With a lot of things. And, and shame on us for doing it, by the way. When it comes to certain products, we'll be like, I really hate these woke agenda people, but I really like this thing that I get from them. Like maybe our Android or iPhones, you know, I'm just saying. Like we hold our nose all the time and say, well, I really don't like that, but I'm willing to compromise because. So we need to start playing their game. You need to get your family hooked on Mike Lindell's pillow. They will not be able, they will dream about election fraud and, and and maybe even be given these visions at night by sleeping on a my pillow. Okay? It's the best night sleep of waking up to all of the problems in the whole wide world. Okay? So all right you guys, we will be back on Sunday, our world news program. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every single week. We usually run late. I'm just going to be honest. It's technically usually a 1.50 show. I'm not going to lie. Every week consistently. I don't know why we can't get there at 1.30. So be very patient with us. Every once in a while, we will be there at 1.30 and you'll have missed the first 20 minutes. But if you're planning your schedule, just plan for 1.45. It's, it's, I say 1.30. It's just it's not happening. I don't know why. It's just our life is a very busy, hectic one. And it's just really hard to get there at that 1.30 time. So plan, show up. You guys around the world, that's why we do that program at 1.30 because you're usually five or six hours ahead of us and I want this to be your kind of evening program. So also, I think I think that the, the takeaway from today's show is free speech. That's what I want you guys to walk away with. It, regardless of whether Trump implemented it it, speaking it out is important. It is. It is. Speaking it out, we have the you have the right to speak. You have the right to tell the truth. We have a right to say that a, a man and a woman uh, should uh, be married, and marriage is between a man and a woman. You, you have, have a right, right to, to say, say that every child deserves parents of this of an opposite gender. You have a right to say that you shouldn't uh, abuse children and cut their genitalia off. That's pretty simple. These are pretty Very simple basic. things. Yeah. And then there are the deeper things you have a right to say. Okay, so you have a right to speak out the truths of God yeah. and we have to stand on it. You have to know it and you have to and we have to feel that God is going to bring us justice with these organizations that have been silencing Amen. us. And when, you know, the biggest thing that has been holding back the the censorship uh, debate is, well, it's not the government. It's a private company. Yeah. Well, from the Twitter files, we see it is the government. Boom! So now what do we do? Come on. Well said, Leah. We could have just summed up the whole show with that. Anne wants to know, do you have the moccasins or the slip-ons? We have both. I have the moccasins. Don't you have the slip-ons? I have the slip-ons. I prefer slip-on type shoes. And I like the moccasins. Or I, I feel like the moccasins They run a little tight, though. Moccasins run a little tight, so but the but the but the slip-ons run true to size. Exactly. Okay, you guys, remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We love you. God loves you. God bless. We'll see you on Sunday. I know that you guys are um, 
are, 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 are looking at everything that's happening in the world and you're just kind of like inundated. There's so much news. There's so much coming at us. I just want to say thank you for coming to Leah and I uh, to kind of help talk about it and break it down and, and bring it back to essentially God is the God of the universe. And if we stay in line with him, then we will see victory if we do not give up. Weary not in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you don't pass out. It says faint. It means give up. It doesn't mean just kind of like passing out. It means to like just give up in the end. I know. You guys are not giver-uppers. You are tenacious and you will be seeing this through in oh, my lifetime. Oh, box. We're going to send letters. Oh, that's right. Send us your letters. P.O. Box 107, Milford, Ohio, 45150. We've gotten some Christmas cards and we're going to We always do a Christmas up. special. We'll open up Christmas cards or packages or anything that you guys send. We'll sing Christmas songs. We will be doing that. And so if you want to send us a letter that we read on, on air or a Christmas card that we show everybody, you still have time to do that. P.O. Box 107. Milford, Ohio, 45150. And we will catch you on Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye, guys. We love you. God bless. i uh-huh.